0: Good morning, Citygate Church and all of our online guests. Here we are in week number seven on our series on the glorious church. And I'd like you to turn again in your Bibles to Acts chapter 2. Your Bibles should just fall open there by now, the amount of times we've opened it here in Acts chapter 2. And we're going to read from verse 42, just down a few verses. And they continued steadfastly. They continued continuing. They were steadfastly steadfast. This was lifestyle habits. This was how they lived their lives. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, fellowship, the breaking of bread, and in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul. There were signs, incredible, powerful signs done by the um, apostles. All who would believed were together, had all things in common. They sold their possessions, goods, divided them among all as anyone had need. They continued every day with one accord, one heart, heart to heart. In the temple, they broke bread from house to house. They ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. They praised God, having favor with all the people and the Lord added to the church every day those who were being saved that's the birth of the church as we understand now that is when it all kicked off the day of Pentecost happened there was a prophetic word given from the Old Testament uh, it says there was the outpouring of the um, Holy Spirit they spoke in tongues the fire of God fell I mean this is just incredible the birth of the church, not just some you know Sunday service. This is an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, as promised by Jesus Christ. And um, after somebody preached, three thousand people gave their life to Jesus Christ that day and were baptized. And then it says about the habit of the church, what they got into, what sort of a routine was established in the church. It wasn't just a, um, just something they had to do. This was a passion, a lifestyle on the inside. And from here, the word of God spread over the last 2,000 years, um, over the whole world. And we're still seeing the advancement of the kingdom of God in the most amazing way because of what happened this day here in Acts chapter 2. So the four things we've been thinking about as they continued steadfastly is the apostles' teaching, we've covered that. Fellowship, how we're partners together, we've covered that. The power of the bread and the wine, which we covered last week. But today, I want to talk about prayer that changes things. Um, I absolutely believe that the most important thing in any relationship has to be communication. Now, that's verbal, that's nonverbal, that's implied. There's all sorts of things there. But the most important thing has to be how we communicate together. And therefore, I'd like to take that into, into our um, intimacy with God and our relationship with God, that it, it has to be the most important thing that is in our relationship with God has to be our communication, has to be how we communicate, how the Father communicates to us and how we communicate to the Father. Obviously, Father, Son, Holy Spirit there. We have God's word which speaks to us. That's why they were committed to the apostles' teaching because God speaks through his word. But prayer that changes things is absolutely the heartbeat of the believer. It's right In the middle, it is absolutely central to our relationship with God. That has to be the reason why Satan does everything he can to crush, to reduce, to compromise the prayer life of a believer. Prayer, I believe, and as as I speak today, I want us to, to really catch something. Prayer, I believe, is something that's caught, not just taught, Um, It's not just something where we get the five keys to prayer, the ten keys to prayer, and we know it academically or theologically or hermeneutically or whatever. It's not just something where we know the principles, therefore I pray. No, prayer has got a lot of spirit to it, a lot of heart to it. Prayer has attitude, in a good way, of course. Prayer has passion. Prayer has is felt. Prayer is something you engage with. It's not just I read some passage out of, a, out of a book somewhere. I read a prayer that somebody else has written. It's a bit like if I went home to Sharon now and I had, and I had a book on, on how to love your wife. And I go home and I open up to page whatever, 23, and I read it to Sharon. Um, I love you, Sharon. Um, What's for dinner, Sharon? Not that she does all the cooking, but she does a lot of it. You know, I wouldn't just read out of a book. That's not a relationship. I'm just reading what somebody else says I'm sort of supposed to be doing. Prayer is my heart to God's heart. Prayer is God's heart to my heart. It's not just something I say to God. This is a dialogue. This is a relationship. This is me being sensitive to what I... I hear God is doing and saying and God actually being sensitive to what I'm doing and saying. This is a relationship together. Prayer is our relationship with God. The Bible's got so many passages, so many verses. We would be here all day long if I was to read all the verses on prayer or the ones that speak about how we relate with God. I'll just give you a few. Pray without ceasing. Do not be anxious for anything, but in all things, through prayer and supplication, make your requests known to God. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, Jesus said, ask whatever you want and it'll be done for you. Jesus said, when you pray, say. So prayer is a spoken thing. It's not just thought. It's certainly not just silent prayer. You don't find that anywhere really in the Bible, even though he knows what we think. Jesus said, when you pray, say it out loud. Release something from your heart. The Apostle Paul said, I will pray with my understanding and I will pray with my spirit. The Bible says in the epistles, watch and pray that you might not fall into temptation. Elsewhere, pray at all times. They continued steadfastly in prayer. Another passage, be constant in prayer. Jesus said, when you stand praying, forgive That Almighty God, your Heavenly Father, might forgive your sin. When you pray, do not be like the hypocrites who just think they'll be heard by God by saying the same thing over and over again. These are all different verses. There are so many verses. When you pray, don't do it for a show. We know that he hears us. And if we know he hears us, we know we have the petitions we've asked of him. Whatever you ask in my name, Jesus said, the heavenly Father will do for you. Another version, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will do for you. When you pray, go into your room and shut the door for your heavenly Father knows what you do in secret. Let my prayer, this is the psalmist, let my prayer be incense before you, O God. Whatever you ask for in prayer, believe you have received it and you shall have it. That's just a few verses about prayer. And it already takes prayer out from the basement of our lives and puts it on the top shelf. Prayer is our relationship with God. Prayer changes things. Abraham entered into this incredible covenant relationship with the Heavenly Father. And when God was going to do something and destroy a city, um, he spoke to Abram about it and he said, you know what, am I going to do anything on the earth without first discussing it with with my covenant partner, Abram? And there was this prayer relationship going on. And Abram said, oh, if there's 50 or 40 or 30 or 10. And his prayer actually brought into motion something that God agreed to do. You see, prayer changes things. Prayer moves the hand of God. Prayer releases the power of God. Prayer brings in the presence of God. Prayer will move mountains. Prayer will cause sicknesses to flee off of a person's body. Prayer will cause needs to be met in the most supernatural way. Prayer will change a city. Prayer will change a nation. Prayer will change a church. Prayer changes things when it's in the middle of a relationship where I'm being sensitive to God. We know God is sensitive to us. The Bible says he's easily touched with the feelings of our infirmities. But prayer is this incredible relationship. No wonder he said, whatever you ask in my name, the heavenly father will do for you. Why? Because God wants to work with people. He wants to work through people. And we certainly want to work with God. Now, it says here in Acts chapter 2, it says they continued steadfastly And I believe this is daily. This is our lifestyle. This is what happens on a daily basis. You know, perhaps you have, you know, a a specific time of prayer and, you know, perhaps you call it a devotional time and, you know, perhaps you get up early in the morning. I don't know, perhaps it's last thing at night. Perhaps it's in your lunch hour at work and there's a specific time. Some people really work well with that and perhaps outside of a structured time, perhaps their minds on all sorts of other things. Perhaps other people are more spontaneous and they don't have a routine of a certain time in the morning or a certain this or a certain that but they're sort of open all the time you know what God will work with you how he's created you to be but it's it's just really important that prayer is a daily occurrence in our lives if I just didn't talk to Sharon for a day something would be seriously wrong unless I'm away somewhere or something but you know even then I'll be on the phone I'll be a, I'll be face you know FaceTiming her or something um you know what it If I'm in the house and Sharon's in the house and the family's in the house and we're giving each other the silent treatment, there's an atmosphere. Something is wrong. We don't do that in the Melfi Melfi household. If somebody comes through the the front door, they don't just go straight upstairs. They come in and say, hello, I'm home. I'm here. There's a relationship that's going on. Perhaps you get up in the morning and say, good morning, Jesus. I don't know. Uh, However you are mindful of God. The important thing is, is that we are mindful of God and that we spend our lives in this attitude of prayer. Now, in Acts chapter 2, it doesn't just say prayer, it says prayers. Interesting, prayers. They continue steadfastly in prayers, not just prayer. And that really speaks of different kinds of prayer. Absolutely, there's, there's individual, very personal prayer. I don't want everybody hearing those prayer times. I don't even want Sharon hearing those prayer times. I don't want anybody except Almighty God hearing those prayer times when it's it's absolutely intimate with me and God. There are other times when it's absolutely corporate and we're all praying together. Acts chapter 4, they had a prayer meeting, the building shook. I mean, the most amazing things happens. There are times in the Bible when it's very personal, other times when it's very, very corporate. There are different kinds of prayer. But over all prayer, I want to say this, prayer changes things. Sometimes the thing that prayer changes is me. Sometimes it, it, it actually causes God to move. Now, God goes before us and he knows what we're going to pray even before we say it but there's something about prayer which moves the hand of God perhaps there's other times that prayer will cause something physically to take place perhaps a mountain will move perhaps the devil will flee whatever it is prayer will always bring transformation either bring transformation in the relationship, God and man, or bring transformation in the circumstance or the situation. And it's because it says this here in James chapter 5, verse 17, the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. The amplified version, which I absolutely love. I've quoted this thousands of times. The effective, fervent, heartfelt, continued prayer of a A man who's in a relationship with God, who's been saved, who's been born again, who hears the voice of God, who's got a covenant with God. That's who we're talking about today. It says this, makes tremendous power available, which is dynamic in its working. Makes tremendous power available. As we pray, the power of God is released to bring transformation. It's the same word that we get the word explosion from. It's the word dunamis, which we get dynamite. See, prayer is not just a boring traditional thing. You know, hasn't the enemy just been so clever? The devil's been so clever over the years. You know, perhaps you're going to somewhere and somebody will say, let's pray, and everybody puts their hand down and they drop down and everybody goes quiet. That's not a time of prayer. I don't know what that is. But it's certainly not a time of prayer. When they said, let's pray in the Bible, they took the roof off. When they said, let's pray in the Bible, they all shouted amen. When they took, you know, in God's word, it says, let's pray. They all declared the word of God. The building shook, the glory came in. But the enemy has done something so clever over the years to make prayer this sort of insipid, spineless no passion, no backbone sort of experience where we all just, we suck into whatever it is that that is. I don't know what it is, but it's certainly not prayer like I find in the Bible. I find Bible prayer, absolutely, it can be it can be very sensitive, but it's not this self-absorbed navel-gazing situation that so often people think prayer is. And the last thing I find actually is when you pray, drop your head. There's a time to lie before God in the presence of God there's a time to bow before God but the Bible says lift your head lift your eyes lift your head and lift your hands when I pray something wants to lift in me not go down That doesn't mean to say it's not a humble experience when we're humbling ourselves under the mighty hand of God. But you know what? As I pray and as I connect with the Holy Spirit, I'm really going ahead of myself a little bit here, but as I pray and as I connect with the Holy Spirit and I'm engaging with a conversation with God, however that that is in that time of prayer, something is strengthened on the inside. I don't have the stuffing pulled out of me. I have the Spirit of God fill my life. Something lifts me up in the presence of God. Prayer is a powerful, powerful thing. And I want to encourage you today, as I just go through just a couple of points, three or four points here, to catch the spirit of prayer, to catch the spirit of prayer. Say, Heavenly Father, fill me with the grace to pray. There's so many different sorts of prayer. Prayer Will release the dunamis power of God, which works signs and wonders. No wonder the next verse says, Many powerful signs and you know, were done, healings, miracles, transformations happened by the hands of the apostles and elsewhere through the whole body of Christ. Why? Because they prayed, and as they pray, power is released. I believe a prayerful believer is a powerful believer. If you're perhaps a little bit concerned that you're not experiencing or seeing the power of God in your life, well, perhaps the power of prayer needs to be turned up a little bit. Let me encourage you with that to catch the spirit of prayer today. I was in a service um, many years ago, actually over in Denmark, and one of my all-time heroes of this um, generation of the body of Christ was speaking, and, and he spoke on prayer. This was probably 15 years ago. And he made that statement, prayer is caught, not just taught. And that night was just incredible. There's about 200 pastors there and their leaders, their teams. And it's as if the grace to pray hit that room, hit that service that night. And I know I received something that day and I've never been the same since. The grace to pray. Sounds a bit strange that we need God to do something that we should be doing. But you know what? Without God, we can't do anything. But with God, we can do all things. All things through Christ who strengthens us in every area of our lives. There's all sorts of different sorts of prayer. There's the prayer of repentance. There's the prayer of supplication, which is sort of asking God for things. There's a prayer of petition, which is petitioning God for things. It's like, I'm not going to stop until this happens. God loves that sort of attitude. We, you know, we spoke the other week about never give up. Never give up. Give up. Never quit. And that's that sort of petition prayer. I'm not going to give up until this changes. There's the prayer of intercession. When you're standing on behalf of a nation or, or perhaps an, you know, another situation or another person, you're interceding on their behalf. There's the prayer of agreement where you put yourself strongly in agreement with somebody else and you say, come on, let's agree and fight this together. There's the prayer of faith, which will move every mountain that it ever encounters. And then there's warfare prayer, spiritual warfare prayer. A bit like when in the Old Testament, I know it's the Old Testament, things have changed since Jesus went to the cross. But we still fight against principalities and powers and the rulers of the darkness of this world and the wicked spirits in heavenly places. That war is still being waged, we're told in Ephesians chapter 6, even though Jesus has won the battle. But, you know, over there in the Old Testament, there's a man called... Um, Daniel and it was against the law to pray okay it was made illegal but he said you know what the word of God has more authority than what that law says so he opened the window every day and he prayed for the nation of Israel and he prayed for Jerusalem and he prayed for God's will to be done and um, he was uh, all sorts of things happened for that but the Bible says this that an angel comes and said, I came 21 days ago, I started, but there was this war in the spirit, and I had to have help from the uh, f- from this archangel, he had to come and help me, and you know, there was this war in the spirit, and it started on the first day you prayed, you know what, when a believer prays, whether it's intercession, supplication, petition, repentance, something is going on in the realm of the spirit, whether it's coming to the throne of grace in, in such humility to receive something, something is happening in the realm of the spirit or whether we stir ourselves up and with a confidence and a boldness we go to war in the spirit and we bind principalities and powers and we declare the word of God and the building shakes something is happening in the realm of the spirit no wonder Satan wants to do everything he can to stop us to pray but I've got to go back to this Acts chapter 2 passage because I, I absolutely believe they continued steadfastly to pray together. Individual prayer will always be the foundation and the heartbeat of our relationship with God. But just like in every other area in this Acts chapter 2 passage, this was about together. And these people prayed together. These people came together pray. To pray. Whether it's in the house or in the temple or on the street, they came together to pray. The Holy Spirit filled the upper room as they prayed together. There is nothing more powerful than a group of believers coming together to pray with one accord. When we pray, God answers. When we pray, mountains move. When we pray, people are healed. When we pray, His presence floods in to the into the room or into the situation. When we pray, the devil flees. When we pray, angels are released to work on our behalf. When we pray, revivals break out. In history, that is very, very clear. When we pray, people come to Christ. And I believe it's absolutely vital at this time, as it is at every time that Citygate Church, and I'm speaking to all of our online guests as well, that we learn again and we... And we commit again to a lifestyle of personal prayer, but corporate prayer. Don't think that just personal prayer is enough. In the New Testament, the church came together to pray. Sundays for Citygate Church are not a prayer meeting. They are so many things. There are times when we come together to lift up the name of Jesus and to and to see him see people uh, come to Christ. That is really what our Sunday is about. We celebrate. We're here for inspiration, but we're here for the salvation of people on a Sunday. We don't spend half an hour praying as a congregation. We don't spend an hour giving God praise and worship as a congregation on a Sunday. You know, we don't try to pack everything into a Sunday service. But it's absolutely vital that as a church, we prioritise corporate prayer. And I know as a church here, we have um, an evening every month where we come together as a church to pray. And I know small groups come together to pray and there's other prayer meetings going on in the church. But friend, I want to encourage you today to be a part of something corporate when it comes to prayer. Because one can put a thousand to flight, Two can put 10,000 to flight. I absolutely have gone ahead of myself now. So just to bring in four points here as we carry on with this um, understanding of catching the spirit of prayer. The first point I really have today is if you're hungry for this, is, is this, to ask God to stir our hearts for a desire for prayer. A desire for prayer. There's somebody who spoke on prayer around the world. Oh, this is probably 25, 30 years ago now. And he had this expression. He said, from the desire of prayer to the discipline of prayer into the delight of prayer. From desire to discipline to delight. But the first thing has to be desire. And I want to encourage you today. Perhaps you feel like your prayer life has gone cold. Perhaps you feel like God's not listening. My prayer's not getting any higher than the ceiling. Well, the first thing I want to do is encourage you. He doesn't need to go anywhere because God lives on the inside of you if you've said yes to Jesus Christ and his ears are always open to your prayers and to your cries. Don't live by how you feel. Live by faith in the word of God that as you speak it, bam, God hears it and God's acting on it. But the first thing has to be this to develop a desire to pray and a desire for prayer on the inside. I want to catch this anointing and this grace to pray. I don't want it to be on other parts of the church and not on me. I don't want it to be that someone's got this passion to pray and I'm really struggling in prayer. Now, come on, let's all agree together today. God, stir in me afresh a desire For prayer. Let the grace to pray flood this church and every church in this season. Perhaps you need to pray something like this God, soften my heart again. Will you touch my heart again by the power of your Spirit? Holy Spirit, will you touch my life again and make me sensitive again on the inside? Soften me. If there's been a hardness come around my heart, if there's been a complacency or a, a compromise coming around my heart or, or just causing me to back off, if I'm, not, if I'm not really aware of the presence of God, Lord, soften my heart again to discern the realm of the Spirit again. God, do a work in me. Now, I want to take that just one step further, still in this, in this ask God for a desire to pray, but the Bible says this, that we stir ourselves up now. So as you say, God, will you soften my heart? Will you you do a work in my life for me to step into this grace of prayer, to live a life praying consistently, praying without ceasing, being mindful of the Spirit and all of these things. The mindset on the Spirit is life and wholeness and peace and prayerfulness. But I'm also going to say, so by faith in Jesus' name, I stir myself up. I take hold of myself, I fan into flame. The grace to pray. We know it's a gift of God. We know it's the anointing of the Holy Spirit. But we now have authority over our own soul and over our own flesh. So in Jesus' name, I take authority over how I feel. I take authority over that hardness or or, or over that complacency. And I stir myself up. And from this moment up, if anybody says, how do you feel, Pastor Jay? I'll just say, stirred up. Thank you very much. Uh, How's it going, Pastor Jay? I'm stirred up. Thank you very much. What do you mean you're stirred up? Well, I stir myself up in Jesus' name. I don't live by how I feel. I live by what I believe, by the written word of God. And I stir myself up. I'm now stirred up in Jesus' name. You see, that's how you walk by faith. You don't say, oh God, please stir me up. Please do it. And tomorrow, oh God, stir me up again. Will you stir me up again? Come on. There's got to be a moment where you believe and receive. And I declare in Jesus' name, I am stirred up To pray, why don't you declare that with me? I am stirred up to pray in Jesus' name, amen. The second thing today is this allow the Holy Spirit to teach us to pray. Allow the Holy Spirit to teach us to pray. How do we do that? Well, of course, we study the Bible, the Bible is the expert book about how to communicate with God. It is God speaking to me, but man, you can go through the Psalms. You can go through so many people's lives and it gives you insight into how they pray, good and bad. Don't just take every prayer as a model prayer. You know what? (laughs) There was a man in the Bible, Job, who said, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. No, he doesn't. That's not our God. That was a bad prayer right there. He was praying out of his emotions. It even says in Job chapter 7, you know what? I feel terrible. I'm going to go to bed and never wake up again. And I feel like worms and dust and caked in mess. Therefore, I'm going to complain out the bitterness of my soul. That's not a good model prayer to pray. Never come to God in unbelief. Absolutely come to God in transparency. But come on, let's let's come into the throne room of God by faith and say, Lord, you know what's going on in my life, but I'm going to find a verse that is going to encourage me and is going to declare your will to come to pass. Come on. But let's allow the Holy Spirit to teach us to pray. Don't get stuck in one kind of prayer. What do I mean by that? Well, if every time you pray, you're saying, Oh, please, Jesus, will you do this for me? You're stuck in supplication. You're stuck in one sort of prayer. Equally, if you come to God and every time you pray, it's like, I bind the devil, you know what? You're stuck in spiritual warfare. Don't get stuck in one sort of prayer. I've already been through it. There's repentance, supplication, petition, agreement, faith, intercession, warfare, and depending on the situation, will determine what sort of prayer we need to be engaged in. We need the Holy Spirit to teach us. Sometimes those who are of perhaps a more quiet disposition get into the more humble sort of personal times of prayer and those who are the life and soul of the party and really bold or brash or aggressive in their own lives perhaps they go for the authority and the moving mountains I don't know but it's really important that we allow the Holy Spirit to teach us to pray in all these different areas study the word of God to see what it says and don't just get stuck in one area I believe God wants us to become excellent in all aspects of prayer. The Apostle Paul said in Ephesians chapter 6, where he's talking about the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the armour of God. And he said, and praying with all kinds of prayers in the spirit, praying with all kinds of prayers, a part of the armour of God is to be excellent in all kinds of prayer. And I want to encourage you, perhaps you easily flow in one area, but not in the other. Perhaps you're really quiet in prayer and God wants that roar of the lion of the tribe of Judah to come out of your heart. Perhaps all you do is shout and God just wants to say, shh, I just want you to be still and know that I'm God. Come on, be excellent in all different kinds of prayer. And for that, we need the Holy Spirit to teach us. The third thing today is to be filled with the Spirit and pray. One of the greatest examples of prayer in the New Testament, I believe, is when the Lord Jesus Christ goes to raise the dead man out of the grave. Absolutely incredible. He comes to the tomb and he's spoken to Mary and Martha. And they said, if you'd only been here, my brother wouldn't have died and all this sort of thing. And, and, but then we start to get an insight into how, how he, he operates in the power of God, the Lord Jesus. You find the shortest verse in the Bible, Jesus wept. We've got to understand, that was not being upset with the situation. It was not some emotional response in any way. He was coming to raise Lazarus from the dead. He knew that. He said it early on when they first came to him and said, He's sick. Jesus said, This sickness will not end in death. He declared the first words out of his mouth were, This will not end in death. He didn't say in between the beginning and the end that he wouldn't die. He said he wouldn't end in death. And then he stayed another few days before he went. And that was actually crazy situation it was actually ensuring that he was going to die because he delayed going to be there so he didn't heal him while he was sick he had to raise him from the dead the most amazing thing but we find this little verse so Jesus wept that wasn't anything to do with emotion That wasn't anything to do with upset, people being upset. He was about to raise Lazarus from the dead. You know what it was? We find it verse after verse down those um, about half a dozen scriptures there over in John 11. It says, so Jesus wept and said, where have you laid him? Then it says, he groaned in himself and said, roll away the stone. We find out there that before Jesus said anything in authority or anything out loud even before he said Lazarus come forth the Bible says he was stirred and it's a bit it's a bit of a a strong word it says he stirred himself in his bowels he absolutely stirred something up on the inside and said out loud. We find it all the way through the book of Acts, not just in prayer, but in preaching as well. It says, and the apostle, whether it's Peter or, or somebody, being filled with the Spirit, he said. We find it time and time again in the Bible. You know what? As we come to pray, prayer is not me speaking out of my mind. It's not me speaking out of my emotions. Heaven forbid it's speaking out of how I feel or what's going on. It has to be speaking out the abundance of my heart, not out of my feelings. I don't want to go to God and say, God, I'm feeling like this. Come on, let's put our flesh down and let's get our heart stirred today. Catch the spirit of prayer. And like Jesus, he stirred himself and said. He stirred himself deep within him in that place where the spirit of God is engaged with our heart. Being filled, I could say it like this, being filled with the Spirit, he said, because we find that time and time again. Being filled with the Spirit, he rejoiced. Being filled with the Spirit, he healed the sick. Being filled with the Spirit, he preached the word. We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And this is so much in the heartbeat of God. It says in Acts chapter, sorry, not Acts chapter 8, uh, Romans chapter 8, that great passage where we know that it says all things will work together for good to those who love God and uh, who are called. You've got to read that verse in the context of the whole of the whole chapter. It's saying that we walk in the Spirit our minds are set on things above, not on down here, things of the Spirit, which is life and peace. We are filled with the Spirit of Christ when we don't know how to pray the Holy Spirit takes hold together with us against our infirmities, our feelings. It's the Greek word, kat er which means to take hold together with us against our flesh, our feelings, the sickness, the infirmity. The Holy Spirit fills our lives and then we know all things will work together. For the good of those who love God. For neither death nor life nor angels or demons or height nor depth can ever separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. We are co-heirs with God and heirs of God. You've got to read the whole passage. And central to the passage is this whole thing of being filled with the Holy Spirit. Praying with joy. You know what? When we're filled with the Spirit, compassion comes comes out. When we're filled with the Spirit, faith comes out. When we're filled with the Spirit, Worship comes out. When we're filled with the Spirit, joy comes out. When we're filled with the Spirit, hope comes out. Being filled with the Spirit, and then I can, you know, like a bottle of Coke, be filled with it, shake it up, and let it flood out. That's the prayer life of the believer. Finally today, and it's a little bit more specific, and I couldn't really do today without really emphasising this one real important part that I believe is just so vital. And I don't know what your theology has been or the doctrine is that you've listened to or the experience you've had. But this fourth point today, I want to talk about praying with other tongues, speaking in tongues. There are so many traditions about what this is all about and I have not got time here today to go through all the doctrine of speaking in tongues. But can I just say this? The church was birthed speaking in tongues. Every time the outpouring of the Holy Spirit happened through the book of Acts, there was the question asked or the experience happened or when a new church started, they always asked this question. Have you been filled with the Holy Spirit and are you praying in tongues? Now, I've said every time. Uh, You just have to read the book of Acts. It's probably not every single time those words are said. But the inference through the book of Acts is this. Are you praying in the Holy Spirit? Are you praying with your understanding? The Apostle Paul said, I pray in tongues more than all of you. And I know the Apostle Paul from the Word of God. He wouldn't have left the church unless people were praying in tongues. He wouldn't have just left it. Oh, well, there you go. You're all Christians now. Isn't that wonderful? He would have said, come on, guys. It's time to pray in the Holy Ghost. Come on, Holy Spirit flood this congregation. I can just imagine him absolutely going to town to see the outpouring of the holy spirit with the evidence of speaking with other tongues there's so many things i could say about tongues tongues is god speaking to us tongues is us speaking to ourselves tongues is a person speaking in tongues in a congregation and it being interpreted Tongues can, can just be glorifying God. I love it. Here on a Sunday, in person, when the band's just playing or we've just been singing or worshipping, and I'll just, I'll just sing in tongues. I'll take every opportunity to sing in tongues and worship God. Acts chapter 2, they all spoke in tongues. Yes, we know it was other languages for people to understand, but it wasn't that every time. In the book of Acts, they were giving glory to God. The apostle Paul said, I will pray with my understanding and I will pray with my spirit. When I pray with my spirit, my mind doesn't know what's going on. It's the only prayer you can't mess up. Isn't that great news? When I pray in the Holy Spirit, I'm not praying what I feel. I'm not praying something off beam. I'm praying from the spirit of God, one spirit with me on the inside. The most incredible things happen when we pray in the Holy Spirit. Some people say, oh, well, I got the gift of praying in tongues in a congregation. No, uh, you know, can we just get past all of that? Just get into tongues and you can do it all. Whether it's a a word for a congregation, whether it's God speaking to you, you speaking to God, it's a bit like the cork comes out and there's this gush of tongues. And I believe every Christian can pray in tongues. If the Holy Spirit has made his home on the inside of you, Absolutely, I believe in what we call the baptism with the Spirit and the oil upon and the power of God upon our lives. But if you are a Christian, you are the temple of the Holy Ghost and you can speak with other tongues. You can do it right now. If you have or not, is something completely different. That will have to do with confidence. That will have to do with, um, actually, do you believe it or not? What, what have you been taught? What do you expect? You know what? Expectation is everything, be it done to you according to your faith. And the Bible is clear, whether we prophesy or serve or play an instrument or preach a message or lands on the sick or, or speak in tongues, do it all by faith. Do it all by faith. And I want to encourage you today to stir up your expectation to pray in the Holy Ghost. John chapter 7 and verses 38 and 39 says this. If the little Pentecostal end of the church is thirsty, is that what it says? No, it says, let anyone who thirsts, let him come to me and drink and he Anyone who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart, anyone's heart, will flow rivers of life. Thus he spoke concerning the Holy Spirit who was not yet given, but was going to be given on the day of Pentecost. He's speaking clearly there. Anybody who's thirsty can experience the gift of the Holy Spirit and actually the Apostle Peter on that day of Pentecost, he said this, this promise is for everybody and all your children. You know, we sing this fantastic song at the moment about the God of increase and your children and the children's children. But actually scripturally, that's about increase in our lives from Psalm 115, but it's also the Holy Spirit as a flood in tongues, And in the power of God coming out of our innermost being, the rivers of life flowing out. It was poured out on the day of Pentecost and I believe God wants it pouring out. God wants the Holy Spirit and tongues and prophecy and words of wisdom, words of knowledge, miracles, signs, wonders, faith, all the things of the Holy Spirit to be pouring out of our heart. But you know what? I really believe the entry point into all of that is praying in the Holy Spirit, praying with other tongues. It supercharges your prayer when you pray in the Holy Spirit. I probably pray more in tongues than I do in English. It's just when I, whether I'm in the car, I can just be up in my office. I just Come on, we stir it up on the inside and we release something. I want to say, go for it absolutely go for it with every bit of stirred up passion. If we're praying for the passion, thank you, Lord, I stir myself up. I'm now stirred up. Let the Holy Spirit teach you to pray. To pray in all different ways, with all different styles of prayer and types of prayer. Pray after being filled with the Holy Spirit. But I'm going to appeal to you today. Pray. With tongues, pray in tongues. If you've put that down to the bottom shelf and perhaps you've just got one or two words, come on, stir it up today. I'm going to ask you to pray in tongues right now with me. And if you don't know how to do that, come on, Holy Spirit, why don't you flood every hungry heart right now in Jesus' name? Come on, stir it up in Jesus' name. I don't know what I'm saying, but I'm I'm praying in the Holy Ghost. Let's be those who continue steadfastly in the Apostles' doctrine, in fellowship, in the bread and the wine, and in prayers. A prayerful church is a powerful church. A prayerful Christian is a powerful Christian. Prayer will move every mountain, prayer will heal the sick. Prayer will release the power of God. Come on, let's commit to catching the spirit of prayer in Jesus' name. Friend, if you're on this, on this hour today, and perhaps it's, it's sort of hit you a little bit that you don't have a relationship with God. When you pray, you might just read a, a word out of a book or, or just shout help every now and again. Well the good news is God will always listen. But I want to encourage you today to go one step further. The Bible's really clear that we need to receive Jesus as Lord, that he becomes our that almighty God becomes our heavenly father, that the holy spirit fills our life that we have a relationship with God. That's what today's really been all about. And I want to encourage you to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Saviour. Why don't you pray this prayer? We've been talking about prayer today. Come on, this prayer is about to change something and it's going to change your life and your relationship with the God who created you. I'm going to encourage you to pray this out loud, out of your mouth to receive Jesus as Lord. Why don't you pray with me now? Say, Heavenly Father, thank you that you love me. Thank you that you've revealed your love through sending Your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to die on the cross, to pay the price for my sin, to give me life. Thank You, Jesus, for dying for me. I receive You today as my Lord and my Saviour. I turn away from the way I've lived apart from You. And by the help of Your grace and Your power, I will never be the same again. I receive eternal life. And Father... Will you fill me with your spirit, with the evidence of speaking with other tongues? I receive that today in Jesus' name, amen. Friend, if you've prayed that prayer, I can say on the authority of God, of God's Word that you are now a child of God you're now a Christian you've received Jesus as Lord God is your Father you're a child of God Uh, of course there's going to be other steps like any relationships it has to be developed I'm going to encourage you to find a great local church in your area if you're anywhere near Southeast London we would love to see you here in Citygate I'm going to encourage you to get a Bible God speaks through His written Word the Bible as we open it and read it and as you go to the Bible pray say God speak to me friend I'm going to encourage us all today as we close this broadcast to be a prayerful Christian. Catch the spirit of prayer because prayer changes things. God bless you. I'll see you next week.